0: Greetings. It's Philip Bateman here from the Smarter Impact Show. I'm the founder of Bravo Charlie as well. And I'm here with Jennifer Fraser, the founder of Bullied Brain. And you can find more about that at bulliedbrain.com, which is also the name of her upcoming book. So Jennifer, pleasure to have you here. And can you tell us about bullying and the brain? What's your mission in the world?
1: That is a very big question. Um, What happened was um, just by circumstance, I got pulled into a situation at an independent school in Canada. And it turned out that teachers were um, being highly abusive with students. So a lot of name calling and grabbing and yelling in the face and uh, just classic bullying behaviors basically except that it was adults to children and adults in positions of enormous power and influence and i be, i've launched onto a journey basically of trying to figure out how this can happen in the 21st century and why it's not understood that the impacts are so incredibly significant so damaging so um Basically, I'm I'm a I have a PhD in comparative literature. I'm an author. I'm an award-winning educator. And when I need to solve a problem or figure something out, I don't uh, sort of reach out and see what the the belief system is of the culture and the society. I do research. So I ended up researching the laws. I researched psychology. I researched psychiatry. I researched pedagogy and tried to figure out why do we still have this kind of issue with the very harmful effects of bullying in our culture. Mm. And then I hit the neuroscience and that changed everything for me.
0: Mm. And tell me more.
1: I think we're at a place, a turning point in society. I think we have an incredible opportunity ahead of us Mm. and the quicker we move with it, the better, because there is a somehow an impasse that's happening whereby the knowledge that the neuroscientific community have are our leading scientists. This is replicated, peer-reviewed, extensive. It's two, three decades of incredibly important research. It is somehow not impacting or shaping policy around how we raise and educate and coach our children. And so unwittingly, because we know almost nothing about the brain. We are not educated about our brains. We don't know how to keep them fit and healthy. We don't know how to protect them from harm. We actually act most of the time as if they do not exist. This is leading our society down a very dangerous and very destructive path. And the brilliant, exciting thing about it is it's not hard to turn that around. Mm. But we've got to get engaged. We have to work together. Governments have to take charge. And we have to make change.
0: Mm. Yeah, beautifully said. And my understanding is that what that's why you're involved with the Stronger Brains program.
1: Well, so I've been doing years and years of research as I've been writing my book. And the title of the book is The Bullied Brain, mm. How to Heal Your Scars and Restore Your Health. And so I did all the research into how incredibly important physical fitness is for the brain. Mm. I looked at the research into mindfulness and how mindfulness is transformative for brain health. But I I just couldn't quite get to the place where beyond physical fitness, beyond mindfulness, beyond positive psychology, we could actually do really hands-on, evidence-based, shown to be highly successful training for brains that made them um, resilient, made them stronger, made them recover from traumas um, until I encountered stronger brains. And then when I met Wendy Hay, when I met Dr. Michael Merzenich, I knew that that was the absolute critical change that we needed to make happen. And so I've been working um, alongside them to the most intense capacity I can manifest as an author and a, a speaker and educator because I believe that's the answer. I really do. So I interviewed um, Wendy Hay for the central chapter in the book. So the book. It's a pretty tough book to read because it's it's what all forms of emotional, physical and sexual abuse do to children's brains. And that's tough reading. There's no doubt about it. It's serious and we all have to read it. But the truth of it is, it's not hard to to recover the brain. The brain, like the body, is as miraculous at healing. It's incredible. And it's just that we don't know how to do it. And because it's in our skull and we can't see it, we ignore it. So, yes, Stronger Brains, I think, is the game changer, uh, along with other uh, educators like Sir Angsley Green. And it's so effective that Canadian Mental Health Association is in negotiations with us to put their organizational weight behind our funding applications to the government because they believe as well every Canadian child deserves to have a stronger brain.
0: So what is it you would like to tell me about the difference between our bodies and our brains and how we are all really fit and have no idea what our brains are doing?
1: It's the disparity between our physical health and our mental health that really is creating such havoc with our youth populations in Canada. The second leading cause of death is suicide. And the first leading cause of death is motor vehicle accidents, motor vehicle accidents. Um, in youth populations are grounded in the fact that they're undergoing a very, very intensive adolescent brain development. Mm. So unlike an adult brain, they cannot help themselves. It's like they can't help their hormonal situation. It's evolution-based. They are risk takers. They are reward seekers. They are completely influenced by their peers. Just that their peer is watching them is enough to change the way they drive. Mm. They want to go high speeds. They're curious to a fault. They want to know what's around the next corner. And that means the faster they go, the better it's going to be. They want to get the reward of going through the red light. They can't help it. Those are all brain-based changes. And massive research projects have been done across the world that have looked at 10 different countries. And they have found that no matter what country the child is in, very different countries from Italy to America to Africa, um, whole nations in Africa. They have found that the brain changes that are occurring are identical. So Mm. this is human evolution. It's endocrinology. And yet we don't even teach our young people about their brains so that they could better manage how much risk they're in.
0: Mm. And do you genuinely think that educating a young person going through these transformational changes is going to make them not want to push through a red light or drive at high speed?
1: I absolutely believe that's possible because Mm. what you need to do is train them. I mean, we spend so much time training children how to kick a soccer ball. We train them forever how to play the piano. We teach them math every single day when it Mm. comes to their survival and their safety and protecting themselves from bullying and abuse. We don't teach them anything. We give them maybe a pamphlet, or here's a workshop, or go to a museum and see what car accidents look like. That does not train the brain. We know that the brain learns through timed intervals, repetition. So, Dr. John Medina says um, you have to repeat to remember, and you have to remember to repeat. So, if we took that brain knowledge, that neuroscientific knowledge, and we trained our children that way, we absolutely could reduce the car accidents that are, are destroying so many people's lives and breaking families' hearts.
0: My experience with bullying personally throughout life has been pretty intense in my early formative years. And the thing that stood out to me is when I looked at the commentary on your material is that it was like basically pricking a bubble. And suddenly there was this genuine emotive outpouring of people's like deeply traumatic experiences that they would come to the fore with and say, oh, these are all the ways I got bullied through my family, through my um, adolescent years, through my workplace. It seems fairly endemic in society. What would you say to that?
1: I really focus on adults who use a lot of bullying behaviors with children. I see in the research, adults teach bullying to children, then tell children not to do it, which creates enormous cognitive dissonance for kids. Mm. So really what it teaches them is the more power they get, the older they are, the more they're, they're allowed to use bullying. So it's very normalized in our society. In fact, we believe, even though we don't like to admit it, it shows up all the time. We Mm. deeply believe that bullying and abuse, terrible abuse is necessary for greatness. If you want to create a great uh, artistic performance, a great athlete, a great business, you have got to destroy the people that are working towards the common goal with you. That is a deep seated human belief. And the interesting thing to me is, It's not backed up in research. You can find zero research that backs that up. There is not a single scientist or psychologist or psychiatrist, doctor, educator that will put their name to say that they've done the research to show that, in fact, it's effective. Because it's not. It just destroys brains.
0: Right. And, I mean, does that talk to survival of the fittest and the general burnout sort of corporate culture?
1: Well, the survival of the fittest really – if we sort of dig deep into it is about adaption and adaption really in a business community is a wonderful um, skill to have, to be able to change with time and with technology and with different understandings that people have um, adapting means you're highly empathic. You have to get to know your community and their needs, your customer's needs um, in order to survive and flourish but really, the bullying paradigm, I would argue, is the opposite of survival of the fittest. It is an imposing command control model where, really, usually the people that do it have been so traumatized themselves that they only relief that they can get is to act it out with another person that they deem less powerful than them mm. that doesn't have the same rights or privileges or role in society whatever it is they seek out people that will mirror back to them their power because they don't really have any and it it's painful to live that way mm.
0: i was curious as well when you said right at the start that people basically school teachers actively bullying children to their face and yelling at them and things. Could you speak to that at all?
1: I'm an academic. So Mm. I've written a a number of books and I write books about things that capture my curiosity and my interest. Mm. When I wrote the book in 2015, Teaching Bullies, it was um, about the situation at my son's school where I was also a teacher. And Mm. basically what I did is I took the personal story of what was happening and I used it as something to intrigue the reader. In order to make it human and make it applicable. Um, And then I did a deep dive into the research. Because when you look at books, what people really want, and this, I've taken the same approach, and I would never have gotten an agent and I never would have gotten Mm -hmm. an American publisher who's like a global publisher, unless I did this Mm -hmm. approach. because. My academic books that I've written, where I don't exist at all, they are purely academic. They Mm. sit on the shelf and university professors read them and maybe grad students if I'm lucky. So I can't create the kind of change I want to create Mm. unless I bring in the general reader. And what the general reader wants is to know you and why you care and what your struggles were and how you kind of unpacked enough of the material so that you could find a way out. You could succeed. You could get your health back. So um, The Bullied Brain is a very personal book as well, arguably more personal than teaching bullies. But that's the reason why I'm taking this approach now as a former pure academic writer. I can't make the change I want to make that way. So that's why I did it like that. Some Hmm. readers might not like
0: it. What next? You're writing this book.
1: I have finished The Bullied Brain. It's going to be coming out in February. Hmm. So I'm in the the publishing phase now of, you know, editing page proofs and doing that type of work on books. But I've written another book, um, which is very close to my heart, and it's called Cloud of False Echoes. And it's a book that's constructed around the emails of a student that I had at. So in teaching bullies, I resigned in protest from that school. I was so upset by what they were doing. I refused to teach there. I just could not work in a place like that. So I was hired by another independent school and I happily started working there. And I just, you know, I, I love teaching. I love kids. I love my colleagues. I love education, love it. So I'm working away. Well, within My second year, there were allegations against a teacher for sexual harassment. He disappeared. Then in my third year, a student came up and reported to me she was being sexually harassed by a teacher. So this was in 2015, October the 1st. Hmm. And I did all the things we, we have to do as teachers. I said that we had to report, that I had legal duty to report, and she was desperate not to have this reported, but she obviously needed help. It was a very serious situation. So anyways, that was the the beginning of this book, The Cloud of False Echoes. And what I did was for a year and a half, um, really two years, I worked very closely with her to help her. And I was brought right into the heart of the system. I mean, I'd seen it in teaching bullies, but Mm. it's really remarkable when you start to work with the empowered authorities in child abuse. I mean, all of us should be asking the question, why is child abuse so rampant? Why can't we stop it? Why don't our laws stop it? Why don't we rehabilitate individuals who demonstrate early on very abusive behaviors? Why do we victim blame and pass the trash and like these horrendous terms that really show you that our system fails miserably when it comes to child abuse? So Mm. I'm sorry to report in this book, I watched them Slowly but surely dismantle this girl. And I have all the emails she wrote me for a year and a half leading up to the day that she killed herself. And I want everyone to know what she went through and how the system treated her and how she experienced it, because yeah. I think that'll bring change. Hmm.
0: You said, why, 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 why is a series of questions. You may must have seen the systemic failure. What do you think is the answer or answers?
1: What I've learned in educating kids and young adults for 20 years, we do not diagnose mental health problems Mm -hmm. until it's way too late. And then we leave many of them untreated because we don't have a strategy. We don't really know what to do. So Mm -hmm. if we continue ignoring the brain, we are going to continue in a situation whereby we quickly diagnose symptoms in the body long before the person is in a desperate state. And we treat those those bodily issues with everything that we've got, the most up-to-date, high-level resources we Western countries can muster. Hmm. My big question is, why do we not have the same parity with the brain? The brain is the most important organ in the body. And we do not diagnose early enough, and we do not treat it. And these are game changers. This is where stronger brains is going to change the world. I truly believe, and I know that sounds like a very hopeful statement, but It's not. It's grounded in science. And when something Mm. has that level of evidence behind it, then you can get behind it too and understand just the kind of impact it's going to have.
0: And just for our listeners, Stronger Brains is the reason you and I are talking today, which is the essence of um, neuroplasticity to rewire the brain of children who have experienced trauma and bring them out of toxic stress. Could you give us a little synopsis of Stronger Brains and from your perspective and experience?
1: Well, At the end of, so I did a TEDx talk on what happened to my student and I talked about the fact, just, it's kind of a furious talk, but it's about how, how could we not be looking at the brain of a child with suicidal ideation? Why are we not examining what needs to be healed and treated and repaired and strengthened in that brain? And we don't. And so that TED talk, that TEDx talk ended and then over time in my research I discovered stronger brains and stronger brains is exactly going into the brains of children who are traumatized, all children's brains and all people's brains. They are going in with neuroscientific knowledge and neuroscientific assessments. They are finding out exactly where the deficits are in the brain, the weak spots, the parts that aren't working properly. And then they target it with online gamified, brilliant neuroscientifically designed training. Hmm.
0: Well said. (laughs) and so there's one thing you want to people out there in the world to know about your upcoming book what would you tell them
1: I think the bullied brain is the kind of book when you read it you instantly feel like there's 10 people that you want to give it to because it's about how we as a society have to work together to make a paradigm shift or a framework shift. We have to stop living in a normalized bullying and abuse environment that way too many of us, I would argue, the majority of us, participate in. We are either the bully because we have our own trauma. We are the bullied. We are the bystander. We are the whistleblower. We are the once bullied who becomes a virulent bully, etc. All of us are trapped in this paradigm. And the fact is, it's outdated. It ignores the brain. It doesn't understand brain trauma. If we change into a new paradigm, what I call the neuro paradigm, which is brain informed, which gets us really excited about our brains, working with our brains, understanding how to keep them healthy. We all go to the gym. We all go jogging. We all try to stop watching Netflix and keep our bodies healthy. Why? Because it gives us great quality of life. We look good. We feel good. We're stronger. We're more resilient. All of us need to do that same kind of fitness training with our brains. It's accessible. We can do it. And we just, I just want to get the word out with the bully brain because I think we can heal.
0: Wonderful. And if there's one thing you wanted people in the world to know about the Stronger Brains program, what would you say?
1: I think that Stronger Brains is the greatest opportunity we've been given in the 21st century to change the way in which we structure our society, the way in which we understand the brain-body relationship, the way in which we learn how to create brain fitness, thereby making more resilient, more healthy, more competent, and high-performing people in our society. Every single one of us can change our brains, but it is our duty to take the knowledge that we have and change the brains of our children to make them healthier and happier and stronger.
0: Jennifer, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. And I really wish you great success with the bullied brain. And I'm sure you're you and I are going to be talking more in the future as the stronger brains work rolls out. So thank you very much. And bulliedbrain.com, I believe.
1: That's exactly the website. Thank you so much, Philip. It was a pleasure talking to you.
0: Great. Thank you.